Coming up, what the hell is a personal brand? Can you use it if you work in a corporate environment? And am I actually just one big caricature? This is Marketed Not Live, the show that dives deeper into the ideas, philosophies and strategies of the best marketing minds. Here's your host, Biz Paul. Welcome back to Marketed Not Live, the official podcast of the Marketed family of events that includes our live event in September 2021, Marketed Light, our online marketing education platform, and some special new stuff that's coming in the new year, which is now as I record this. Now, I'm your host, Biz Paul, and together we are going to navigate the ever-changing world of marketing by talking to some fantastic people just really a chat, I suppose. I like to think of the show um, as at least semi-intellectual. I guess you'll be the judge of that, but uh, let's see how we get on. I'm not sure I like the team at Captivate anymore. Why? Well, I think their customer service is putting us to shame. Last night, I had an issue with this podcast, Marketing Not Live, not showing up on Spotify. I couldn't resubmit it. I couldn't claim it within Spotify. A right pain in the backside. But kudos to Danny at Captivate, who offered to just take the issue off my hands and liaise directly with Spotify. That, my friends, is service. You'll be pleased to know we're now back on Spotify. So if you want to feel inferior about your customer service, go and talk to the ACE team at Captivate by visiting Captivate.fm. Now today we are talking about personal branding. Personal branding is a topic that lots of people talk about. Plenty of people say you should have one. This is what it should look like. There's a lot of people who are able to offer consultancy on personal branding. I have certainly witnessed the rise of the personal brand over the last few years that, that I've had my own business. I would say before I had my own business, when I worked in corporate land, there were definitely personal brands there. It's not new, but I think what is happening is that we're more attuned to what a personal brand is. We are used to personalities having their own image, their own image rights. I mean, David Beckham, do you remember like him when he fought some kind of battle about his image rights? We're all doing it now, aren't we? But how can we actually use a personal brand for the benefit of our business? When it's just you in the business, you are the business. I think it's logical to say, well, you've got a personal brand. If my business was bizpaul.com, which by the way, that is a website that exists and sort of was how I pitched it to begin with, then you are the personal brand. And that's fine. So that's that's an easy one. What about if you work in a bigger business? The business isn't named after you. It's named after somebody else. You don't own the business. Perhaps maybe you're not even a shareholder. You're not even a senior manager. Can you have a personal brand? Can that, can that contribute? to an organization's success. In the olden days, when I was working in corporate land, I worked in the IT space. And I would have, I guess, a personal brand. I didn't think it was called a personal brand at the time. But I would have a profile within the space, being able to 
create content, wrote a few blogs, went over to America a few times, did a few things there, you know, did, did stuff, did stuff for the benefit of the company that I worked for. I was just an employee. Can we, as businesses, use our team and their personal brand? Should we encourage our team to have a personal brand? Is that a risk? Will they fly the nest? What will they do? Is there logic to all of this? I have to say, I have come to the conclusion that it is on balance beneficial to your business to have people in your team with personal brands. I think it's very modern. I think it's forward thinking. I think it is liberating to know that you can get benefit from people's brand and and their uh, their authority in in the space. I tell you, a company that does it really well, Rise at Seven. Now we've got the wonderful Carrie Rose speaking at Marketed Live later on this year in September. If you go and check out Carrie Rose, go and check out her company, Rise at Seven. Look at what Carrie Rose does. Look at what she says on social media. Look at the team. Look at what they're saying on social media. They've all got personal brands. It's not something that they contrive particularly. It's just, it's just what happens, but they encourage that. It's a really good example, I think. In this week's episode, we talk to the wonderful Nicole Osborne, and she's going to talk to us about what a personal brand is and whether we should do this kind of thing where, where as companies, we embrace our team's personal brand and, and some of the ideas around that and how that can work. And actually, she also talks a bit about my personal brand and how I might use that. Nicole Osborne is a marketing coach based in London. With Wunderstars, Nicole helps digital agency owners fast track their marketing and social media results. Originally, Nicole is from Eastern Germany and she works with digital agency owners and entrepreneurs to increase their influence and visibility on social media with standout personal brands and engaging content marketing. Her marketing career actually started at the Financial Times nearly 20 years ago. She's a chartered marketer, but as she says, she is fun. I can test to, uh, to that. And she successfully delivered marketing plans for leading brands, including the Institute of Directors, the Association of Colleges and Mighty Social, one of Europe's fastest growing ad tech startups. She loves to share her unique insight and tips into the world of branding and marketing. She's been a guest on loads of popular podcasts. We're really lucky to have her here today. And her wonderful, super fun Wunderstars one-on-one coaching program is really going to help those digital agency owners stand out from the crowd. She's also got her own vlog series, Wunderbar, the marketing efficiency show. Go and check that out on YouTube as well. So let's say a big hello. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pleased we could uh, do this today. I've been a great fan of yourself, Marketed Live. So thank you so much for having me. Very excited. It's wonderful to have you on. I'm so looking forward to talking about this subject because it's something that I'm hearing a lot about recently, a lot more. I think in the pandemic, people have been really reassessing what they're doing, both in a career perspective, in terms of their output, but just in general, I think everyone's going through this time thinking, what am, what am I actually doing? What do I want? And this sort of feeds into that, don't you reckon? Yeah, absolutely. Particularly asking ourselves, you know, what is my purpose? And does this actually come across of how I portray myself online? <laughs> you know, does my LinkedIn profile look like this? Does my website look like this? And 
lots of people are reassessing the opportunities the opportunities they want to take forward. So yeah, I, I think it's 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 very pertinent right now. Absolutely. It's a good time. Okay, right. I've got a couple of questions for you first. I'm quite interested to know a little bit about your time at the Financial Times and mm -hmm. and what you did there, actually. Yes, so uh, I actually started my career many moons ago at the uh, Financial Times. And uh, when I started off, it was my first job after university. And do you remember how hard it is to find your first job? And I started off in a department, the advertising operations department. <laughs> the reason why I'm having a giggle while I say this, because it was all at the time about online advertising on the website, and it was still a relatively new thing. Now, I knew straight away I wanted to move into the marketing department. So I asked for the marketing director to, do, to be my mentor. And I did well. Within a year, I moved over to the marketing team. I eventually became the B2B marketing manager for Europe, Middle East, and Africa. What does that mean? So we basically were selling the FT and FT.com as an advertising medium. And it was a very cool time where I had lots of training, lots of fun agencies to work with, lots of fun projects. Uh, so I stayed there for four years. And obviously, one of the amazing things was because it was all about the FT being so pink. <laughs> so when we had anything to celebrate, there was always a lot of pink champagne going on, <laughs> which was brilliant. <laughs> that's now you see that's branding in itself, isn't it? Choose the pink champagne. Um, okay, so you've worked you've worked in corporate then, and I, the mm -hmm. reason that I asked that question is is to try and bring that out because I think when people talk about personal branding, it sometimes feels very disconnected from corporate life and you know obviously you know perhaps people thinking they must be two completely different things personal branding and a corporate environment so mm -hmm. i want to dive into some of that really what do people mean when they talk about personal branding what is personal branding so personal branding is how you are going to be perceived by your audience now that audience could be in a corporate environment where you have colleagues there you have contacts in the industry you want to be noticed by or perhaps where you have a senior team perhaps you want to be promoted or it could be when you run your own business your own agency you know who in your agency picks up the phone who, who sends out the proposals it's really helpful if that person has uh, visibility across the digital channels because i worked on so many let's say website projects over the years and inevitably these are hard work for agencies but also for corporate clients so when I'm a marketing manager and I want to suss out who am I going to give this project to, a digital owner who's got a personal brand, I will know what they will be like to work with because obviously personal brand means that they share some of their stories, their why, uh, perhaps some behind the scenes content to really bring it to life what it would be like to work with them. And I remember sitting in front of finance directors, uh, the board members, having to justify spend on rebrands, on, on, on new websites, on, on exhibition expenditure, if I'm really convinced that they have a right agency, I can make a much better case to my senior colleagues. So whatever the agency can provide in terms of testimonials, what they like to work with, it's going to be really, really helpful. So nowadays, I would say personal branding is just as important in the corporate world because we, we all agree that people buy from people and the whole pandemic and the global lockdown has this brought more to the forefront <laughs> because everyone can produce content really easily. No one expects perfect. So we want to see who's behind an agency, you know, who's behind that corporate, how they're working with their teams, how they're making sure that they're safe. So, yeah, I think it's a really exciting time for corporate branding and personal branding. 
So there's there's two things there that you've said that um that I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try and remember the second one because we could go off at a tangent, I suppose. But in terms of then the the marketing agency, that's that's quite interesting. So what you're suggesting there is a marketing agency that perhaps in the past may have uh, talked about we can do this and this is how mm-hmm. we do it and all of those you know even things like values company values and their corporate social responsibility fine they're all things that tick the boxes that yeah. say when you pitch we you know these are the things that we're looking for but it sounds to me as though what you're saying is that increasingly what what their clients are looking for is who's leading this who are the people involved in the team who am i going to be working with is that fair absolutely um because you know then there's significant projects, whether it would be digital marketing, you know, running an exhibition. It's, it's going to be hard work on, on both sides and things don't always run smoothly. I mean, this is just the nature of, of business, right, and challenging projects. So I want to have an idea of would I enjoy working with this person, with their team, you know, how would they help me out in these situations? I remember I was once in a situation where I took over the marketing role and the agency was already in place. And um, I was a little bit skeptical at first because I guess, you know, every marketing director has got this thing, right, I'm coming in, <laughs> it's a new approach, it's just what we like to do. Yeah. <laughs> but when I met with the agency and I got to know some of their work and, and, and how they would handle conflict, and I actually then stuck with them because we trusted them, they had a really good way of, of dealing with us. And, you know, the most fancy graphic, the most fancy video doesn't really portray that. I want to meet the people behind it. Um, and yes, it makes a huge difference because as a marketing director, as a marketing manager, you constantly have to sell projects, new projects internally and why you believe there's going to be excellent return on investment and why it's worth investing in it. So if the partner, potential partner, give you lots of reasons and lots of evidence for that, then it's only going to help you get a great case and get a great investment for a project. Okay, so uh, just applying this then, so I'm going mm-hmm. to use my business as an example yeah. right so like my media we're the agency behind marketed live mm-hmm. um, fantastic event <laughs> thanks very much <laughs> <laughs> that's very kind of you uh but but when but you know i i i, I own that agency i mm-hmm. am the managing director uh i i pitch for 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 business i don't make a huge deal about me Mm-hmm. on things like the website yes my face is on there uh but when but when i set that up i already had this kind of biz pool persona which i suppose yeah. I've, I've got which we can maybe talk about as a big example of maybe <laughs> have not to do it or to do it or whatever <laughs> but i already had that and I, I but i wanted to kind of separate it and mm-hmm. i suppose more recently i've definitely been making more of it as part of that play are you saying that as an agency owner I should be making much more about my own personal brand with the agency that I own. I would certainly recommend that. And in, in, in my experience, so as the agency owner, your personal values will very much align with your agency because sure. you set up the agency. You are yeah, exactly. the driving force behind it. Um, so it's only going to add flavor to it. And, and actually, um, Paul, I would say you were very good actually in bringing your team to a forefront as well. I remember I came to the event about three years ago. Was it the first time you run the event? Sure, yeah, yeah. And um, I met Sarah, I met your colleagues because they're all really quite visible in all the interactions with, with delegates and people who contribute to it. So I think you actually are really good in bringing people in. And yes, absolutely, whatever makes you different because 
let's face it, for all the solutions we offer, there's so many different alternative options, right? And I know you recently spoke to um, Roger Edwards about his new book, and yeah. he makes that one of the big points in there. So what's your offer and, and how are you going to be different and better from your competition? And I believe personal branding as the agency owner is such a great tool for bringing out the differences. Because let's face it, sometimes our job gets a bit boring, <laughs> maybe at corporate level or we run our own business. You know, if you can work with someone who who inspires you, who brings that certain great set of motivation, you know, who just makes things interesting, that's a brilliant asset to use. And yes, you know, I always struggle when I meet you to not call you Bispol. <laughs> Because it is hey, Nicole, that is fine. Do you know what? <laughs> so this is quite interesting in terms of personal branding is mm -hmm. that I have become BizPool, right? Basically, oh, totally. <laughs> People call me that. That's fine. It was just a Twitter handle at the time that I used. But actually, over, over the years, that is what people call me. And that is what mm -hmm. I would put on. Say if I was speaking somewhere, that is yeah. now what I would put on because that's yeah. what people refer to me as so that was kind of by accident but it, I, I, I try and maybe use it a bit more than I did I mean it doesn't help if you share a name with a footballer like I do that confuses the <laughs> anyway but um but yeah I mean in terms of that in terms of that then so mm -hmm. there's a couple of further questions that I would have so one of the challenges that I see is that or I would worry about is if I were to use me too much mm -hmm. is the expectation from potential clients that they assume that they're working with me mm -hmm. when in think, the reality is is that really they're going to work with the the team yeah i think that's a really really good point i think my best advice here is to to really manage expectations so when you go in you you bring your account manager with you um so you'd be quite explicit about it because i think it's important mm. for client contacts to know who will be working with you um at the moment I'm working on my on my own uh, website, and I know exactly the head designer. I know the developer, even though I don't have direct access to the developer. But I know the names, and uh, it's really important because, you know, I want to see what they're doing, and uh, they're people. So yes, I think as the agency owner, you obviously are the captain of a ship, so to say. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why I'm coming up with this analogy, but the expectation is you have a team around you, right? So 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 make them visible, and you know, so many opportunities nowadays with. Uh, behind the scenes content perhaps maybe not for all boring zoom call screenshot but you can talk about the projects you're working together you know what are your team members doing in their spare time so there's lots of opportunity for bringing everyone to the forefront while still making it clear you're the founder and this is your team this would be the main client contact okay that's cool so that's like having everyone's got their own personal brand in the team i yeah. own the business this is where i'm leading it these are the individuals that make up the the sum of the yeah. part okay absolutely um, well, it's interesting, interesting talking about the BizPool thing because I wasn't convinced that I had a personal brand until people started talking about shirts that I wear Absolutely. or the glass or, or people freaking out if I'm on Instagram stories without my glasses, right? Do you know, do you know what? It's so funny you say it. I think that's a really big challenge and objection I get to personal branding when I start working with people because essentially we take ourselves for granted, right? <laughs> you take it for granted that you love these uh, really beautifully patterned shirts. Um, I used to take it for granted that I'm so German, I can't actually help it. Because <laughs> 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 this is what you know, this is what I know. And I find the same with my Wunderstars. I really have to tease it out of them because just because we take it for granted, because we see this face and mannerism and everything every day in the mirror, 
you know, this is about our audience and how they perceive us. Um, <laughs> I had one interesting case where an agency owner actually turned up. This wasn't his first business. And actually the fact that he's now working with startup companies and the fact that he's kind of an entrepreneur with battle scars, with real battle scars, actually makes him interesting. Because, mm. you know, when I'm starting up a business, I want to be able to trust to trust that person. I want to know that they know what I'm going through. So it's a, it's a brilliant differentiator. So what, what things do people need then as a personal brand? So mm -hmm. ignore the shirts and the glasses for a second because like, <laughs> I kind of feel a bit under pressure to now arrive oh. in, a, in a fancy shirt, particularly if I'm on stage. I am, I am now going, right, what do I buy? In fact, I try, I'm trying to convince my accountant that it's classed as a costume because you can only, <laughs> you can only put stuff through the business if it's a costume. Do you know, um, I think visual clues are a really important part of branding, right? But it goes, it goes deeper than that. Um, what are your personal values? You know, why do you do what you do? What would people say about you when you're not in a room? How can you bring that out in your storytelling? How can you bring that out in, in your content? Um, because this is where really powerful brands, personal brands come in. It's that consistency and that feeling for the audience to really know what they're about. Um, for me, I knew I was starting to get it right then. I had people coming up to me at events saying, hey, Nicole, you just like you are on your wonderful marketing efficiency show. <laughs> and that was really important to me because when I was working in corporate and I was so young, I often felt I had to sort of hide some of my personality. And, you know, it's hard when you're really tall in German, but I always felt I had to blend into the background. Therefore, nowadays, the trend is much more for you to show what you're about. What do you care about? What, what do you do in your spare time? How can you bring that across in your corporate brand as well, working at corporate? So I think definitely carry on with the great T-shirts. <laughs> and I know there are certain things um, you, you like talking about, like you're always about marketing research, you know, new trends, and you, you've become known for that, which is a sign of a really powerful personal brand. Thank you. I'll take, I'll take that. I'll take that. It's <laughs> um, just, just thinking then about, I mean, some of the things that I do, so I've, I've kind of sort of seen a side project, but I think what I'm hearing from you is that maybe I need to bring those more into it. So for example, mm -hmm. I have a letter, an email, it's, I suppose it's a newsletter, really. It's not really mm -hmm. news. It's kind of like, this is what I'm thinking about, but I have that, which I've branded separately. It's on the bizpool.com website, which you can sign up for. And that, and that goes out every two weeks. I don't bring that into my agency stuff, but it sounds as though from what you're saying, it might be an idea for me to try and find ways in which I can bring that in some, uh, somehow, uh, yeah. right? It's especially if it's, a, so obviously this comes down to your audience, right? So if you believe the audience for your agency would find it interesting what you say in, in the second newsletter, then definitely bring it in because let's face it, we all want to hear some good stories. We want to hear trends in a, in a bite-sized kind of way. And it's the beauty about marketing. It, it moves on so quickly that I would definitely say experiment with that. Um, most agency owners I work with, <laughs> one of the first thing we fix is actually the newsletter because I don't know why, but we still have this corporate understanding that it's got to be really long and yeah, it's it's got oh, to have God. lots in it mm. and actually people want interesting facts some stories you know much more likely to open those kind of emails so yeah i would i would definitely experiment with it uh paul and it's so easy to do isn't it because you can get feedback right away in terms of click rates you know how sure. people have, what they've read so I, I would encourage you to try it out okay i will do that hmm. what about then this this idea of having a personal brand in a corporate environment yeah. then so let, yeah. let's say you work for the ft or let's say you work mm -hmm. for you know, Joe Bloggs IT company, yeah. which is, you know, maybe it's a five mil company or something like that. It's not, it's not huge. 
Um, what about having a personal brand there? How does <laughs> how does that work? Is it the same thing? It's very similar. It's it's, it's obviously a little bit more challenging because. And as a particular of your marketeer, you, you are a brand champion, the corporate brand champion. I do always recommend for especially, you know, you're coming out of university, perhaps you had an internship, you have some work experience, you, you know what you are about and you know how you, how, you, how you like to work. So bring it out in the way you dress, in the way you talk to your colleagues. Don't feel the pressure of having to fit in because actually companies are encouraging a sense of indiv- individuals. Um, so... If I had a chat with myself perhaps 20 years ago, I, I wouldn't try to hide my German accent. Not that I ever could. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, would, I would just really roll with it more because it kind yeah. of frees up that really positive energy. And, you know, employers want you to be creative. They want you to be brave, bring up your ideas. And, and, and if you feel good in terms of what you're wearing, how, how you're talking because you're being yourself, that's going to be a great thing for your career. Do do you think then we'll see more people have personal brands then? I'm assuming the answer is yes. I would imagine so. They might not be strategic about it. They might not know that they're doing it. But certainly when you when you look around in terms of, you know, the senior teams from, from big corporates, I think it's an expectation you have a personal brand because <laughs> it's about yeah. transparency. Consumers want to know who's driving this, who's behind it. And surely that's going to trigger down. You know, there's going to be more teams uh, adopting that. Um and I could imagine, you know, I could see some really cool HR training afternoons coming along with like, okay, let's help, let's help you bring out your personal brand in terms of your LinkedIn profile, in terms of what content you publish on LinkedIn. So yeah, I think there's lots of opportunities. Yeah, that is that is true because I mean, when I whenever I'm sort of talking from a consultancy level about LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I'm always saying to people, look, you can have a company page on LinkedIn if you want, but yeah. no one's really following it. Not really. No one's no one's interested. They're, in, so they're, interested in, they're interested in the connection that they've made with, with you as a as a the business owner or whatever. So focus on that. And LinkedIn is working so hard to make us use company pages more and more. And obviously we've got to have a company page if we want to advertise. So we're constantly adding new features to, to drive up engagement. But just as you said, people on LinkedIn are more likely to connect with that person, right? What have they got featured on their profile? What kind of things do they comment on? You know, where do they have a voice? What kind of articles are they publishing? Are they brave enough to p- publish some behind the scenes content? I, I, I posted something yesterday about this epic uh, failure with my webinar that I didn't record it <laughs> and had given my husband who was at home all the instructions about what to do and what not to do. But I hadn't mentioned to him to not start drilling in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone can relate to that because we are all working from home now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now, exactly. Me 20 years back, there is no way I would have published something like this on LinkedIn. I, I don't think LinkedIn was about then, but you know, our attitude was much more, it's a formal platform. It's all business, business, business. Whether we now know it's expected to show a human side. Let's enjoy that more sociable aspect of um, LinkedIn. And definitely as the agency founder, you were one who's the face of the agency. You were one who probably sends out for proposals, who they meet and pitches. You have got to have a great presence on your personal profile. Absolutely. When I work with students, graduates, things like that, mm-hmm. I do see a lot more working on their their personal brands. Again, like you say, I'm not sure Amazing. they are that strategic about it, mm-hmm. but I think there is an awareness that they need things like a LinkedIn profile because the university will often tell them you need to have one. But I do see increasingly the, the really savvy ones um, thinking about how they're going to pitch themselves. So I, I mm-hmm. had a couple of vacancies at, at the agency not mm-hmm. so long ago. 
And because of the time that we live in, and there's obviously a lot of people that were unfortunately unemployed or have been let go, we were receiving hundreds of applications. And it's just not possible to, to go through all of those as fast as we needed to. So of course, the things that we naturally did, rightly or wrongly, is like, look at the standout ones. You've got seconds mm-hmm. to make an impression. And people were being really creative, sometimes creating Instagram uh, profiles for us as their CV. Sometimes their CV would come in with pictures, colors, mm-hmm. little videos, things, things like that. Um, and that seems to me to be much more like personal branding, people thinking about what are the colors I'm going to use on my CV? What are the values that I stand for? Let's put those values on my CV. What mm-hmm. tips would you give those younger members of the people listening mm-hmm. who are looking to get into work? Mm-hmm. So I love what, what you already said. So on, on LinkedIn, there's some, some easy quick wins, right? Perhaps use the banner image, which is like the image behind your headshot. Use it to show something you're passionate about. You know, maybe you like traveling, maybe you're into tech. Make that banner image speak those words. <laughs> and also, very important, um, you know, now we have great smartphones. Take a really good selfie of yourself. Don't post a picture with just you and your friends. Just make it specific for LinkedIn. And then, you know, it's interesting from what you said, what you noticed about these CVs. Can you use some storytelling in your about you section? Is there something which you've learned perhaps in your time at university, a project you worked on or with your upbringing, just something which can make you stand out? I think storytelling is is really underutilized. Um, And it doesn't matter how old you are, you will have some great stories to tell. Perhaps you train for a marathon or you run the university social club and there'll be some challenges which have been thrown at you. So so how did you deal with those? And can you perhaps pick one or two of these stories to make your about section more interesting and and, and for it to be more distinct? Um, So I would say be brave. Don't hold back. You know, always have a a friend of yours, perhaps a peer or, or a mentor, check things out to get that second opinion. But whatever you do, avoid being vanilla. Don't blend into the background because it's so easy on LinkedIn and, and generally on CVs to do that. Talk about the contribution you made, what, what you learned. Um, so yes, I would definitely say uh, be brave. And, and, and it's okay to be brave. Actually, it's expected. <laughs> it, well, it is. And I was just thinking that actually, if you haven't listened to the episode with Tim Elliott on this season, it's a really mm-hmm. good one to listen to after this, because in it, he talks about creativity and the need to be braver and and the benefits of doing that. And and really, what have you what have you got to lose? Those exactly. are great tips. Great tips. Um, I'm just wondering, like, can you give us some examples of people that you think have got great personal brands? Yeah. So one person I came across really early when I set up my business was actually Madeline Sklar. So Madeline Sklar is an online marketing expert. She really specializes in Twitter as her, as her main channel. And I just loved it that she would she would really openly share about how much she likes rock music. She has tattoos and she has certain things she says. And she's very approachable. And, and the one thing which I really made for me, made her really stand out, Madeline has got this image of being really, really approachable. And she actually is really approachable. <laughs> I remember uh-huh. when, I, when I emailed her, I said, oh, Madeline, I've got this mad idea. I would love to do a guest blog featuring one of your models. Are you happy to do it? And she said, yeah, sure, Nicole. I'd be so excited about that. So she was living her brand values. So I thought that was absolutely amazing. So definitely Madeline Sklar. Perhaps someone... Um, more known in in the UK, uh, Deborah Meaden. 
Okay, Do you yeah. know, I think she's brilliant. You, you know, she's going to give you business advice, which is really to a point, you know, there's going to be no messing about. And, you know, she's going to be determined. She's going to be smiling. But actually what she says, you've really got to listen to it. And I think she's really brought it out through the Dragon's Den series. But also when she features on, on, on other podcasts, you know, I think she's been featured by Andrew and Pete as, as their blog. And I think it's very strong personal branding that she chooses what she talks about, the way her images are, the colors. I, I think it's brilliant. And then, you know, we couldn't talk to um, digital marketeers perhaps without mentioning Neil Patel. <laughs> Great, right? The way he brings out his content, you, you know what you're going to get. He, you know when he's going to show up. It, it's all consistent. He's got that certain level of energy. So I would definitely say those are three outstanding personal brands. Excellent. We will put links to all of them in the show notes so you can go and have a look for yourselves. Um, Nicole, mm -hmm. that's been a brilliant uh, chat through personal branding and some real practical advice there on what people can 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 do. And actually, it has sort of changed my mind a little bit in terms of where I put some of my my emphasis and, and maybe mm -hmm. making things a little bit more strategic and, and deliberate and getting more benefit for for my for my business uh, rather than just um, for some of my personal projects. So thanks ever so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. And it's been really great being able to chat about your brand and, and how you now can use it for your agency as well. Do it, Paul. Do it. <laughs> I will. I'll say, I'll say, danke schön. Bitte schön. <laughs>